Hello, I'm Eben Novi Williams. And I'm Scott Soschnick, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we normally stress the we, but no Michael Barr. He's out this entire week. So, Eben, you and I, you and I, will explore the big money issues in the world of sports. How are and, we going to do this without Michael Barr? I know, he's like the traffic cop. Oof, yeah, this is not our forte, but I don't know, does he like wrestling? Did Barr like wrestling? He must not, like wrestling. I would think he did. He must. All right, well, we're going to begin with WrestleMania, breaking the record for MetLife Stadium's highest grossing entertainment event. Are you surprised at all? Uh, I'm not surprised. When they say highest grossing entertainment event, that is not sports related, right? So the Super Bowl obviously did more money than this WWE you would think uh, WrestleMania the, You would think the Super Bowl right? did, so I, we don't have the exact criteria for which they're using yeah. on this. Breaking its own record, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was the event that was headlined by by almost entirely women. Is that right? Look at you taking all the the big points, the big talking points. You see, <laughs> well, Colin this is, Tipton. This is pretty much all I have. Colin so. Tipton producing. You see, you see, I've been going for like the talking points. Boom, boom, boom. All right, now you take the rest. That's how the pros do it, buddy. That is how the pros do it. Yeah, WrestleMania 35 headlined by the women, Ronda Rousey, Ric Flair, right? Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte Flair, Charlotte yeah. Flair. And you, by the way, we got we have to tell the listeners. And Colin, you'll like this. I mentioned Ric Flair like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Eben looked right at me and said, I have no idea who Ric Flair is. Are you serious? I mean, I knew he was a wrestler, but I, I mean, I had no idea. If you would put like a bunch of wrestlers in front of me, I would never know and which one was And then the him. only comment when I sent him my favorite clip of, look good, feel good, woo, you know, the, whole, the showtime. Right, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, which they play at New Jersey Devils games, by the way. It's like the best part of the game. The, the crowd loves it. All Eben says, he looks at me and goes, great hair. He's got good hair. He does have good hair. <laughs> Uh, is he, which is the wrestler that has the finger pointing yes thing that the Islanders do? I don't know. Oh. I have no idea. Oh, okay. I go old anyway. school. I, I'm, I'm Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter, the Iron Sheik. To Hulk get Hogan. back on topic, the uh, the, the revenue there, what'd you, what was the number? 16.7? Right? 16.9. 16.9 million dollars just from the event, the, the one-day event uh, at, at MetLife Stadium, breaking its own record, right? The, yeah, the previous for, for entertainment the record. But for WWE, it was number two behind AT&T. I mean, okay. obviously, that's a lot more people God, everything's at bigger at AT&T, Everything's right? bigger in it's Texas. Amazing. But the thing is, you know what? I saw Triple H, and this was interesting, and you always say business, business, wrestlers. But I, I saw Triple H. He he appeared at the World Congress of Sport, and he was asked about everything that they do at WWE. And his advice to all those in the room, and of course these are bigwig sports executives, were invest the most in your live property because that's what's going to cost your customers the most time, the most effort, and of course the most money. And... I think sports in general could really learn a lot from how WWE goes about producing these live events. 80-something thousand, you know what it's going to be, but they still show up and people leave with a smile on their face. And it's reflected in the stock price as well. In the past year, you know, the, the WWE stock has gone from about $37 all the way up to $89, right? So that's, that's more than doubling in the past year alone. Well, that's so. also because of their big Fox deal. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be on Fox Friday night. That's a significantly more money than they got last time. And, and they have the major franchises in SmackDown and Raw. 
And there's been some there's been some criticism as well. Last week, you know, very public. Uh, John Oliver, the HBO host, uh, kind of went after them for the way that they treat their wrestlers. Uh, certainly, the money that they were potentially taking in their relationship with Saudi Arabia uh, earlier this year or maybe later last year uh, that also kind of drew some headlines. But overall, it certainly feels as though WWE's business is 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 in a is in a smart place. And where everybody's trying to chase the OTT money, and we talk about this all over over the top, ESPN Plus and. NBC, everybody's got this OTT network starting. Nobody does it better than WWE. They get, they've got that subscriber money coming in, and people love to see not only the live events. However, they also love, and and I don't, I mean, you would think the other sports would come in there too, but they love the the archive. Yeah, Lawrence Epstein, the, the COO of UFC, told us this when he was on the yeah. podcast a couple months ago. UFC also does a very good job uh, in terms with their with their OTT. But just like you said with wrestling, uh, people like to watch old fights uh, in, in in UFC as well. It's it's a popular item. I don't know how popular it would be if the NFL, you know, as part of Sunday but Ticket, you got films. access to whatever. But that's what NFL Films is all about, and people love to watch NFL Films. Yeah, NFL Films is a curated almost docu-series of previous seasons or previous games, right? I, I don't think a raw footage of, of individual events would be all that popular. But you're right. In terms of kind of navigating this changing media landscape, you know, putting a bigger emphasis on digital, uh, WWE has done as well as almost any other sports property out there. And I guess the takeaway, Eben, from that is uh, the women headline the event at MetLife Stadium. They're really running the sport of wrestling. That brings us to our next topic, Mr. Novi Williams. Smooth, guys. Sportswear Smooth. company, and I'm going to say it the right way, Adidas, teaming up with one of the world's biggest pop stars. Take it away. Yeah, so Beyonce has signed on to be a creative partner uh, and endorser of Adidas. Uh, fits very well into their stable already of, of, of celebrity endorsers. You know, everybody knows they work with Kanye. They have for a while. He's been possibly their most important uh, celebrity partner over the past decade. Um, Pharrell, you know, the producer slash hip hop star, uh, also part of the Adidas stable, um, does make you wonder if, you know, we're entering this potential phase where, you know, celebrities might be better, you know, entertainment celebrities may be better hawkers of of merchandise and shoes than athletes are. But even the athletes, and when I think Adidas right now, I think James Harden. Sure. And he's got the beard, the look, the creativity, the fashion. It's not just, yes, he's a great player, probably the MVP this year. I get it. But if James Harden was just a great basketball player, I'm not so sure he fits in that Adidas stable. But totally agree. But he's got this avant-garde approach to the fashion, not even to the game, the way he plays. To me, he screams artist more than athlete or just as much artist as athlete. Yeah, and I think that's that kind of I mean to me it highlights where Adidas may be going with the, with this part of its company, right? Uh, we think of Adidas and Nike as almost identical companies, but in truth they're not, right? And, and Adidas right now writ large big push into the kind of athleisure side of athletics, right? Maybe getting away from the hard performance goods type type apparel and then getting into, you know, the kind of stuff that, you know, is, is comfortable and stretches, but you're not going to wear it to play basketball and you're just going to wear it around town. Um, they're pushing big into that. Nike is doubling down on 
athletes themselves on on the field the best in performance exactly right. yeah so you can certainly see a world in which where where, where beyonce may mean more to adidas given the, the direction of their company now than maybe she would mean to nike uh, and and lost in the shuffle here because it's not as big a deal as nike of course uh, as beyonce of course naomi osaka the number one ranked women's from tennis adidas player in the world nike. uh last week as well went from adidas over to Nike um, again, yeah, you know she's a she's a a fantastic tennis player, uh, someone who you know touches you know a lot of different communities. She's half Haitian, she's half Japanese, uh, she's outspoken. Uh, she could be the next Serena Williams, both on and off the court. In which case, you know Nike hits a slam dunk there. Um, but you know it just kind of to me highlights maybe the the two different directions these companies are looking right now. As one goes after you know goes after Beyonce Reebok, Matt O'Toole was was with us. A couple months ago, right before they signed with Cardi B, you know there there is a push there about influencers and it maybe celebrity me, culture. I think yeah. I just should just go to Instagram and say, look at who's got the most followers, and be like, okay, just go down the list. Who's not taken yet by a shoe and apparel company? And like the highest number who is now untaken, that's going to be the next Adidas totally. or Reebok. Person. Yeah, and I think Nike has a deal with Drake, perhaps, and I think Kevin right. Hart does work with them as well. Um, we're definitely kind of in this world now where, you know, it's not just it's not just athletes that are that are able to sell sell sneakers. It's it's anyone with influence and social clout. Like like Anna Wintour had had a deal for the special, you know, the Vogue or whatever the sneakers. You can really see this is this is fashion entertainment no longer just about athlete and performance. And I wonder which is easier. If, if you're Nike and you're carving out that great athlete performance, is it easier for you to add the artistic side? Or if you've already got the artistic side, is it easier for an Adidas to look the other way and say, I want Zion Williamson. Mm. I want the next great basketball. I want or the athlete, whatever, whichever way it goes. Yeah, and we did see. I don't know if you you caught this uh, at the end of the week. Um, there was some reporting out there that that Nike that that Beyonce's team had walked out of a meeting with Reebok because you know the 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 makeup, the demographic not makeup exactly of the team bunch of wasn't as diverse as she was expecting. Reebok, to me, kind of pushed back on that. Um, said that they had been working with her for a while to try to get it off the ground. And, you know, Reebok and Adidas are the same company. So in some ways she ended up signing with kind of the same parent as it is, but maybe an interesting message in there um, for for brands who are looking to reach out to, uh, to celebrities in terms of kind of matching, you know, the, the people you have working, working on the pitch with, with the person you're trying to woo. All right. And finally on location experiences, you and I know that's the high events business partly owned by the NFL. Close to a sale to, drumroll, Endeavor, Mm. about $650, $700 million. They did not go on the block. They had expressions of interest coming inbound. So they said, all right, let's let's examine some of these. Uh, And now on location is going to be headed to Endeavor, which probably has a... The ability to scale a bit more <laughs> it than... It fits well with well, what, was, what it, Endeavor it, is doing. It was Redbird Capital and Bruin. Um, and the NFL is going to stay in. They're exiting. And the NFL is going to stay in. So much of their business is NFL-related, Super Bowl, things like that. Yeah, give listeners a, a just a, a brief kind of couple-year history on On Location. It was originally owned entirely by the NFL, is that right? Or by, by NFL owners? Yeah, by NFL owners. And yep. they brought in Bruin and Redbird. Uh, Redbird first, then Bruin. John Bon Jovi was an mm-hmm. owner for a little while, then he exited. So uh, you look at it from the perspective of what are in essentially private equity companies. This is like what they could do, but they also got a great result. I mean, they were in for seventy million, and they sold for almost seven 
hundred million. That's not you, bad. <laughs> you, can, you can you can do the math, yeah. right? So, but they just took it as far as they could go. Now it's time to see somebody with the ability to scale. They've got this universe. They've got Fashion Week. They're into events. This is this seems to be a, a logical home. Live Nation was also interested, but went to endeavor or it's going to endeavor. Yeah, and and for folks who don't know, on location is a you know the, their specialty is these premium ticket slash experience packages, right? So if you've ever been to a Super Bowl, you know, there may be a massive concert in town on the Saturday night before the Super Bowl, right? On Location may be the one putting that concert together. And and part of the package for your Super Bowl ticket may include, to stay on topic, the Beyonce concert the night before, right? So uh, they do a lot around the Final Four. Uh, the Final Four and the Super Bowl must be their two biggest And they're events. reaching out to go global. They're going to look at the now Olympics, reaching out. FIFA. Yeah, as, as you know, the, the, the experiential economy economy takes off i think on location really believes that it is well positioned to offer both tickets but possibly more importantly tickets with a trip to the locker room for the championship or tickets to you know x or y before the game or after the game be on the field it's things like that that they believe kind of take their you know take their packages to to another level all right sir i am scott soshnik along with Edmund novi williams michael barr is taking the week off this entire week wow uh we are here each and every mondays wednesday and thursday Exploring the world of money and sports. Please join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business world. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.